Welcome back to Bringing the Heat podcast. It's me again. I am back. Second episode in a week. Okay, so we're doing good. We're back on track. So second episode this week. The goal is to have an episode out uh, every Monday. So record Sunday night and every Friday. So record Thursday night. So I'm recording this now, Thursday night. And let me tell you something, I am surprised that I have not gotten a call to be an NFL head coach because it seems nowadays anybody with no experience, you don't have to have any experience at all, and uh, I guess you need to have a little in the coaching field, but maybe the local peewee coaches can start getting some interviews because, good Lord, the NFL, some of these hires have been ridiculous. I mean, first off, we'll start with the Jets. Okay, because the Jets absolutely just totally bombed this one. All right, so Adam Gase, all right, his claim to fame was Peyton Manning had his record-breaking year under him because Gase was the offensive coordinator that year with Denver. And then he, Jay Cutler had his best season ever under Gase as offensive coordinator. Gase with the Dolphins was horrible, okay? Dolphins were bad. Yes, I know Tannehill got hurt the one year. He had Cutler again, but... The Dolphins weren't good. He had a 5-1 and one record against the Jets. All right, The Jets had the opportunity to hire Mike McCarthy. McCarthy, his only interest was the Jets. He said the only job he would take was the New York Jets, and he's got a Super Bowl, 13 years head coaching experience, and he's an offensive-minded guy, and they bomb it. The Jets hire Adam Gase, and it's just like, what? What would I understand? You want you know a guy that knows how to work with a quarterback and Darnold, I guess, put his two cents in. But at the end of the day, to me, Adam Gase is not a good NFL head coach. Do I think he could be a good offensive coordinator? Yes, I do. I think he'd be a pretty good offensive coordinator. He's already proved that. But I really do not think that he's a good NFL head coach. And so I think the Jets completely whiff on this one. And the Jets have a lot of holes. All right, they have a decent receiving core. They have a decent backfield. Their offensive line is horrible. Their defensive line is horrible. Okay, their secondary is okay. Jamal Adams is very good. Okay, they they have okay players on the D-line. Their their linebackers aren't bad, but I mean, they have a lot of holes and Adam Gase isn't just going to come out here and flip this around. I think that the Dolphins had just as many weapons in Gase's first two years there, if not more than what the than what the Jets have currently. So I don't I don't see him having any more success than what he had in Miami. So that that's the that's one. The the second one, you got the Cardinals going out and getting Cliff Kingsbury. Alright, now mind you, I understand Cliff Kingsbury's claim to fame. Patrick Mahomes. Let me remind you something. Yes, he had Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes played well, but Mahomes was not projected to do what he's currently doing. Okay, uh, at least this quick. And Andy Reid has a has a pretty good history of developing quarterbacks. And don't forget, Nagy was there last year as well. So I'm not going to credit all that to Kingsbury. And then people tie Baker Mayfield in with him. Mayfield was never he wasn't there long enough. So to me, I don't give Kingsbury that that credit either of of Mayfield. He's had he had a losing record in his time at Texas Tech. 
He has, you know, no NFL coaching experience at all. Um, but ever, the, the league nowadays, it is, they are only looking for an offensive-minded coach, and that's all they care about. So, I mean, it, they think they're looking for the next McVay, the next Nagy. So that's the choice that they went with. And to me, I think that's another risky one. Um, I don't know. I'm not 100% sold on that one either. Um, I like Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay. I think Arians, his history, he's got tons of experience in the league, um, having really good quarterbacks, developing really good quarterbacks. I think that's the best thing that could happen to Jameis Winston. But I think that's a little, it's a little weird that, that Arians, you know, he left, said he was done coaching football, left Arizona, and then a year later he's back and coaching already. So that's a little, little weird to me. I think that that makes you wonder, was something else going on in Arizona? Was Arizona ready to part ways with him? And that was his way of, of leaving. So, But he brings Todd Bowles with him. Um, Bowles, again, didn't succeed as a head coach, but he's got – you know, experience, and he's a good coordinator. A lot of people wanted him for coordinator. I know Chicago uh, really wanted Bowles to be their their defensive coordinator, but he's going with Arians to Tampa Bay. And then again, going back to the Bears, as I said, I said it in the last podcast, knew it was going to happen. Sad to see him go. Vic Fangio is gone. Uh, he's the new head coach at Denver. I don't like that move, though, because to me, Denver is not a team that needs any more defensive they already have a defensive mentality, all right? They already have a defensive – and shout out to Leon Fraley on Twitter. He uh, he kind of said the same thing to me when he was talking to me on Twitter. The, the Broncos already have a good defense, all right? They, to me, the defense has already been built up. The defense was good when Fox was there. The, I mean, the defense has been good for a while, and they, they really missed their shot at getting an offensive-minded coach – I'm not saying Case Keenum needs developing. He's a veteran. He's been there forever. So, But Keenum is not going to be your long-term answer. I mean, he might be there for another year or two. I think they have to go out and try to get themselves a quarterback. So I don't know. I, I didn't really like that too much either because I think I think Fangio is a great coordinator. He's a good defensive mind. I mean, he the Bears' defense, even last year when they didn't have Mack and they, they were missing pieces, he still put things together and made them a pretty good defense. So I think he's a very good coordinator. I don't think he's going to be a good coach based on the fact that their team needs offensive help. They and and they didn't address that with their hiring. Um, so to me, I, I don't see that uh, working out for Fangio um, again. And Keenum, you know, I think Keenum is is Kirk Cousins or the same quarterback. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. Plus, they don't really have weapons. Emmanuel Sanders is older. They got Cortland Sutton, yes, Lindsey, yes, but. Their receivers, you know, Thomas is gone, so they need to address that as well. So I don't. That, that, that's a that's another head scratcher. Um, the Packers going with Lafleur. Uh, I think from what I've heard, I don't really know the guy, but from what I've heard, he's a pretty good offensive minded coach. Uh, it, he was stuck with Mariota and Blaine Gabbert this past year. They both suck. Mariota is not good. He's never healthy. And I will always stick with the fact that he's ne- he's not good. Um, so to me, I think that one, if I had to pick an unknown, what I really think, I think that the LaFleur one is the one that I really am not sure how it's going to go because I don't know much about him. I didn't look up much. I don't, I don't know his whole story. So to me, 
I don't know how well he'll do. I mean, he's got one of the best quarterbacks in my eyes to ever play the game in Aaron Rodgers, the most athletic, the one with the most ability. So that'll help. But again, the Packers, and again, I see them play twice a year. The Packers need help. Okay, they finally got a pretty good running back in Jones, but uh, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in football, but it's outside of him, they got nobody. I think they need to get another playmaker. They try to get that in Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has not been good since he's left New Orleans, so I kind of figured that would happen. So it's definitely um, – they, they definitely need some more weapons, plus their defense. I do like Martinez, Blake Martinez at linebacker. Uh, they got um, Clark on the line, so – they got some some decent defensive players. Their defense isn't bad, but I think that it now sits with offensive help that they need uh, for the Packers. So that that'll be that'll be another interesting one. Um, some other football news: Leonard Fournette met with the Jags today. Uh, I think if I'm Jacksonville, I'm trying to get rid of him. Not even because of the whole discipline thing, but. He can't stay healthy. The way he runs, he had injuries or he had injury problems at LSU. Uh, to me, you know, you can get a running back fourth round, fifth round. That's I'm not going to say he's as good as Fournette because when Fournette's healthy, he can you know carry your team. He can run the ball thirty times, and but he's not a Zeke. He's not a Gurley. And to me, you trade him to a team that really is desperately in need for a running back, and you go with with what you got. They're going to let Yeldon go as well, so. Maybe maybe try to get someone off free agency that you you find you know to be sufficient enough to replace Fournette. But the the thing is with the Jags though, at least if they they don't get another quarterback and they stick with Bortles, is they have to run the football. They are they're forced. Bortles cannot throw the ball forty times a game. We've all seen him throw. He might throw one of the worst footballs in the NFL. So to me, they they have to rely on the running game. And that's, I guess, the hard t- hard thing with trying to get rid of Fournette is they rely on a ru- on the running back position so much because of their weakness at quarterback. And it's not like Bortles has no one to throw to. I think Keelan Cole is very good. I think Westbrook is pretty solid. Um, so I think that they have some decent receivers, uh, and he just hasn't been able. Bortles just isn't good. He can- he does not throw a good football. So the- and their defense has greatly struggled. And I know that there's there's things out there saying the Eagles are going to trade Wentz, and they think that they could trade Wentz to Jacksonville for either Picks or Fournette and and Ramsey. That's not going to happen. Um, to me, Wentz is good. He can't stay on the field though. Um, he he's always hurt. We've seen we've seen with guys before, and I'm not going to compare him to RG three because he's better than RG three. But the type of quarterback that Carson Wentz is, he is a quarterback that extends plays. Okay, he he's he can throw in the pocket. He's better outside of the pocket, but he extends plays with his legs. He avoids being sacked, all that stuff. And we weren't. He wasn't that person this year. He I don't know if it was because he wasn't fully recovered from the knee injury, but he was not able to do that, and that really affected his his game. I mean, he didn't play extremely well, and then the back injury. And we've seen guys with back injuries, Tony Romo, for example. When that stuff happens, their career just starts to get derailed. And to me, Wentz is not off to a good start in the terms of injuries. Uh, his numbers are great, but injury-wise, he just, as young as he is and he hasn't been in the league long, the, the major injuries he's had already are crazy. I mean, 
the back and the, the leg, especially for someone of him. Like Tom Brady tore his ACL, and you're like, okay, well, Tom Brady doesn't run, so it's it never affected him. He came back, was the same quarterback. That's not the case for Carson Wentz. And and we saw it with Rodgers this year. Rodgers struggled. Yeah, he didn't throw a lot of picks, but he struggled with accuracy during the year because he is a guy that can extend plays. He wasn't able to do that as much. His numbers were down. He was not as good of a quarterback. Again, he didn't throw all the picks, but he wasn't able to extend plays as much. So he's taking more sacks, throwing the ball away more, and he was inaccurate uh, compared to other years, overthrowing guys. So I don't know. Carson Wentz, to me, is a guy, if you have Nick Foles and Nick Foles brings you to the Super Bowl, you have to think about bringing him back because only because of that that big question mark. But then at the same time, the Eagles would look so stupid to trade away Carson Wentz, keep Nick Foles, and then Nick Foles be the real Nick Foles because this isn't the real Nick Foles. This is playoff Nick Foles that somehow God comes down, touches his shoulder, and he becomes the greatest thing ever. So it's... It's something very bizarre that people – it doesn't happen often. But the Eagles got something with him. And to me, it would be hard to let a guy go knowing he brought you – he won you a Super Bowl and then he, he brought you when you were basically down and out to the Super Bowl. So it is, it is a good debate. It's questionable. But I don't know. I think that it's a good, good debate. Um Antonio Brown looks like he's done with the Steelers. The president came out today and said he can't envision Brown being with the Steelers in 19. Um, let me tell you something. If, this, if any team has bad luck or, let's say, cancers, it would be the Steelers. I mean, Antonio Brown, generational receiver, generational talent, great, very good. Um, and he's pissed off and he wants out he hates big ben okay Le'Veon bell situation it's just like then you had martavis bryant who again was a stud he just can't stop smoking weed so it's like the the steelers have had these pieces and talent and roethlisberger took a step back this year though i mean i had him on my fantasy team he's a guy he throws he gets you a ton of points but that's because he does nothing in the first half and the steelers fall behind and they're forced to throw the football a ton of times, and he's forced to put up numbers. So I think they have a star in Juju. I think Connor is very good, so I think that they're filling those voids. But Juju is not going to be Antonio Brown. It's just not going to happen. I think Juju's very good. I think he is a one on most teams. But there's a difference between a elite receiver, a star, and a number one. Okay, Allen Robinson is a number one receiver, but he is not an elite star receiver. He's very good, but he is not Antonio Brown. Okay. And I would say Juju is probably a step above Allen Robinson for sure. But I think that Antonio Brown, it's like Odell, you know, they're generational talents like Julio Jones. Um, so we, we see that and I don't know, this, it's, the Steelers will have a hard time trading him. But I think it's gotten to the point now, a guy can only say so much and speak his mind so much until people get fed up. And I think that's where they're at with him. So that's definitely... It's my wife is a Steelers fan. It's not going to be easy to see Bell not in a Steelers uniform and Antonio Brown now, because that's all they've known. And Big Ben and him have had good chemistry in the past. And I don't know if it's the turnovers. I don't. We no one really knows what the issue is. But see, Big Ben is no. He's not a saint either. All right. He's had problems where he comes out and he 
bashes players on the radio and or he'll talk about them and so to me big ben is no no saint either and i don't know we'll we'll see what happens um as far as i think i think i could see Le'Veon go into the colts colts i like marlon mack but he's not Le'Veon bell or the jets and antonio brown i don't know um, I would. It would be great to see the Bears get them. It won't happen. Bears have zero first-round picks because of Khalil Mack, and I'm okay with that. I like the receivers they have. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a team that that really needs a, a stud receiver that could probably that could afford him. I don't think Jacksonville would go that route. I think they need a quarterback more than anything. Um, Oakland is way too. I mean, they have the picks, but. I think there's they need so many more pieces they wouldn't trade for him. I don't know. It'll probably be some team that just comes out that's not even in contention. Like the Detroit Lions will just come out and like trade for him for some reason when the Detroit Lions have a lot more issues to fill than than Antonio Brown. So there's that. Um, what else do we got? I think that's it. I think that's it for football. Um, oh, well, the Browns hired uh, Hitchens or Kitchens or whatever the hell that guy's name is. He was the offensive coordinator there um, for a while, and they, they did well. So they hire him as the head coach. A little surprising to let Greg Williams go, though, because they played well under Greg Williams. So And, and Greg Williams is known as a great defensive coach. I could see Greg Williams going back to Washington um, this year. I could see him back in Washington, so keep an eye out for that. Um, my picks. So we're going to look at the schedule here. My picks for this weekend. All right. So unfortunately, no bears this weekend. Bears are done. So we got 435 on Saturday, Colts and Chiefs. Then we got 815 on Saturday, Cowboys and Rams. Um, the Colts and Chiefs game, you know, I... I really don't care who wins because, I'll be honest, I've always been an Andy Reid fan. I would like to see him get over that hump. But what the Colts are doing right now is phenomenal. Their defense is good, first-year head coach in Reich, and it's like they're, they're hot. They're hot right now. Andrew Luck has played extremely well after people thought that he would never play again. They didn't think he'd ever be able to throw a football right again. The guy is having a crazy year. They beat a good Texans team. The Texans were hot, and their defense, again, very good. Um, I think I'm going to go – oh, man. My gut is telling me to take the Colts. Um, Patrick Mahomes, first playoff game, could struggle a little bit. Again, the Colts' defense has been crazy, and the Chiefs' defense has been horrible. They've had a bad defense all year. So I can really I could see um, the Indianapolis going in there and handling business and and winning. So I'm gonna go Colts in the first game. Second game I'm gonna go Rams. I think the Cowboys have played well. They got hot, but I think that hot streak's gonna come to an end. Dak struggles to hold on to the football. He fumbles a lot. I think that defense will get some pressure. Although the Rams defense was not as good this year as I thought they would be. I thought that they would be a lot better. Uh, they're not as good as what people thought they have a lot of defensive weapons though so it'll be that'll be a good game i think i think i don't think it's going to be 
extremely high scoring because the Cowboys' defense has done well and they do apply pressure to the quarterback. And we all have seen Jared Goff struggle tremendously under pressure. So I can't. I could easily see the Cowboys winning, but I think that Goff will perform well, and I think that they'll come out and they'll win. But again, I think it's going to be a close game. I think if Dak is under pressure, I think I can see a lot of turnovers happening in this game. But I'm going to go uh, Rams in the second game. And then on Sunday, we got the Chargers, Patriots, Eagles, Saints. Uh, first game, I'm going Chargers. Again, another team that is extremely hot. Defense is playing ridiculous. Phillip Rivers is playing ridiculous. Again, they're not play- playing Lamar Jackson this week. They're playing the GOAT. They're playing Tom Brady. So it's going to be tough. But I think the Chargers, they're hot and Philip Rivers, you know, he's getting older. He's, I think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. And I think Rivers goes into, or yeah, goes into uh, New England and, and beats the Patriots. Um, not something I would typically say. I think most people are taking the Patriots. I'm pretty sure they're the favorite. But if I had to pick an, an underdog to win this week, it would be, it would be the Chargers. I, I think they're, they are a hot team. And I don't know, I, I think I could see the Chargers going to the Super Bowl. I really can. I, I think if they beat the Patriots, I could easily see them beating Indianapolis or Kansas City. Um, so I'm going Chargers in the first game. And then the second game on Sunday, we got the Eagles-Saints. Screw the Eagles. If any of you know me, you all know that I cannot stand the Eagles, more so the fans. I'm going Saints. Um, I've, I've said from the beginning I want to see Drew Brees win another Super Bowl. I would love, I would absolutely love to see the Chargers Saints Super Bowl because I would love to see Rivers win one and I would love to see Drew Brees win win another one and go out on top. Um, so I don't know that one's that one's tough for me, but that's what I would like to see in, in a Super Bowl is is Saints Chargers let the two old heads go at it and and see who wins. I mean I, I think the Saints towards the last couple of weeks of the the season though their offense was kind of iffy i don't think they played extremely well there towards the end so but they've had more time off as well so we'll see on that one i'm gonna go saints in that game though so that's it for football lots of football stuff happened um baseball by the way breaking news jed lowry signs with the mets so mets get themselves a, a good second baseman lowry had a career career year last year so he goes to the mets um on a two-year deal, so not bad. I mean, he is older. He's, he's been around for a while. But switch hitter, hit really well last year, played really well. He's a good defender. I'm surprised DJ LeMahieu wasn't the first one off the board because even Brian Dozier signed today. Dozier signed a one-year deal with the Nats. Um, and I'm surprised. LeMahieu was a batting champion. I mean, his his average was ridiculous for for a while. I, last year was probably was his down year as far as that. But he still hit pretty well. So I'm surprised that he hasn't been off the board um, and Lowry and Dozier are signed before LeMahieu. That that definitely uh, surprised me a little bit. So Lowry goes to the Mets, Dozier goes to the, the Nationals, which I think, you know, Dozier was a guy, he was in the tops of MVP voting for, for a few years. I mean, the guy was mashing in Minnesota and then obviously last year he struggled a bit and then he didn't really play for the Dodgers there at the end, so... He was on the team. He was riding the pine. wasn't really playing much. Um, 
Phillies are meeting with Harper, but I think Harper goes back to Washington. Truthfully, that's my that's my pick. I think I think he's going to go back to Washington, especially since Washington offered him another deal worth more than the three hundred million um, he they offered him during the season. So I think that he takes that. I think he goes back to Washington. Looks like the Yankees are out on Machado. So I think I get. I would think Machado would go to the White Sox. I mean, he was at the Bears game. He was with the GM of the White Sox. His brother-in-law just signed there. John Jay, who was a good friend growing up, is is signed there. So I could see Machado going there. I mean, don't forget the White Sox got a boatload of prospects because they traded away so many people that give it two, three years, they should be contending. I mean, I could even see them being a team over 500 this year. Uh, so, you know, you can't count them out. You can't think just – I mean, they're going to be young. Okay, so you can't look at last year. So if he goes to the White Sox, that's not really bad because they have a shot to be a really good team. And just think, they're going to have a lot of money because, again, all their players are young. They got Machado at short. Guess who's a free agent next year? Nolan Arenado. Imagine Nolan Arenado goes there. Then you got, I don't know if they'd re-sign Jose Abreu, but if they did, you got Abreu. Then you got uh, Arenado, Machado. Like, what? That, that would be absolutely crazy. Um, and Yon Moncada, who I think has underperformed. I don't think he's as good as what everyone thought he was going to be. But, you know, we'll see with that. He's still young. Um, and they got tons of prospects, pitching prospects, some position players. We know of Eloy Jimenez. So uh, it's going to be – I think that the, the, the White Sox have a good future. I'm not going to say this year, but I think they could be over 500. They play in a pretty weak division as well. Um, and then <laughs> the funny one, Yasmani Grandal. Uh, Grand, Grandal. Oh, man. He cost himself a lot of money. Turned down, a, I think it was a three-year, $42 million contract or something like that. And he has signed with the Brewers for a one-year deal worth, I think, is it 13 oh, $18.5 Two five million, so he gets a one year deal. Um, I mean, maybe his thinking is, "Hey, I'll take a one year deal, play, hopefully play really well, and play on a contending team because the Brewers are going to be good again." But play well and kind of, kind of uh, make up for. I mean, he had a good year last year, but make up for the struggles he had in the postseason. So maybe just to show people wrong, maybe and he's not real real old, so maybe he get a another big payday next season with a longer contract. So he did cost himself a lot of money in the long run, uh, which sucks. But again, he's not old. He's only 30. So signing a one-year deal, we've seen catchers play pretty long. So he's a switch hitter. He hit 24 homers last year. Um, I think that he, he'll be a good fit in Milwaukee, and I could see him doing having a really good year, possibly even an all-star, and come back and get himself a three, four-year deal worth more than that, more than the one he turned down next year. So, yeah, we can we can say it's dumb what he did, but you know you don't really know unless you're in his shoes. So, in the end, that, that, that's really it for baseball. There isn't there isn't much. Uh, I'm looking at at the page right now. Um, Yankees, Stan Pat. I'm a little annoyed. They they got. They're really, really high on Tulowitzki. And don't get me wrong, Tulowitzki was a good player for five, six years. All-star, uh, 
you know, perennial MVP candidate. But Tulowitzki has had – he has not played a full season, and I cannot tell you how long. He just – he had major foot surgery. So he's playing a per, premier position at shortstop, and you are, you're trusting that he's going to come back completely healthy. And Cashman's already named him the shortstop basically. So that's, that's another thing. Like if they don't want to get Machado, okay, fine. I, I get it. You don't want to give a guy a ton of money. I understand. It's, it's understandable. I get what they're doing. They were a playoff team last year, World Series potential team last year with the roster they had. They've already made some upgrades. So I understand. They think that they don't need Machado. That's great. But with Didi out, shortstop is obviously a position very, very important in baseball. Anybody who watches baseball knows this. This isn't rocket science. This is, I didn't tell you anything you didn't know already. But – what like you are investing now? Mind you, they didn't give him a lot of money. It's a minimal deal, one year. I think league minimum five hundred fifty thousand or something like that. But you are trusting that Tulowitzki is going to come back and be the Tulowitzki of old. Now, mind you, he had major foot surgery. What makes you think that he's going to be able to? You think his range is going to be normal? No. Do you think he's going to be able to get to the ball in the hole? No. Do you think he's going to be able to, to be able to run the bases well? Probably not. Is it is it going to affect his hitting? It could. Uh, from what I understood, he's had these foot problems for a while, and, and his offensive numbers weren't very good uh, in in Toronto. So I don't know. I, I don't agree with bringing him in and automatically assuming he's going to play short. Now, mind you, I know they only need him there to hold over till Didi comes back, but. That's not. It's not like he's coming back in a month. All right, Didi's gonna miss half the year, and by then, I'm not gonna say Yankees are out of contention because I think their offense is too good for that to happen. But I, I don't. It's not. I don't have an issue with bringing in Tulowitzki. I have an issue with them bringing in Tulowitzki and and automatically assuming that he's gonna be the guy he was five years ago. That's not gonna happen. I mean, he was not good in Toronto, hence why he was released. And, I mean, from what I understood, his workout was good and a lot of teams were interested, and that's fine. Sign the guy, but don't automatically rule out getting Machado because you think you're content with Tulo Manning short, which is a premier position in baseball. Why do you think Machado wanted to move to short? He's going to get a more lucrative deal playing short than he is third base most likely. Because he has the offensive numbers, and um, he's a better third baseman than shortstop defensively, but he's still a good shortstop. So, to me, Cashman, I like, I love Cashman. I can't hate him. The guy's made some of the most incredible moves you could ever make in his lifetime as a GM. But I just think sometimes he's when he stands pat, it, it drives me insane. Um, I like the Britain signing, bringing him back. I, I get it. That's good. They lost Robertson, so you keep Britain. Britain looked his best at the end of the year. His velocity was back. Sinker was back, so I like that. So we'll see. I, I'm not worried about the Yankees making the playoffs. I'm, I'd be willing to bet they make the playoffs. But again, the Red Sox won 108 games last year, The Red and the Red Sox didn't really lose anybody. They lost Joe Kelly. Um, so to me, <laughs> I think that the Yankees have to – do I think the Red Sox go out and win 108 games again? Probably not. That was a really, really good year. They connected really well. They played extremely well. They were hot. That 
I don't think that gets repeated, but they could I'm not gonna say the Red Sox aren't gonna win the East. Uh they could definitely do that because it's the same team minus Joe Kelly. And down the stretch, Joe Kelly was bad, and they re-signed Uvalde. I don't think Uvalde's going to have as good of a year as he did last year, but you don't know. All right. I could see him also being a guy that, you know, he thrives at Fenway. He thrives as a Red Sox. He looks like a Red Sox. So, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm worried. Again, I think the Yankees make the playoffs, but my problem is do they make the playoffs and get trounced the first round? I hope not. I think that they need to play better. I think they – I think Machado would have put them over the top. Just having Machado, Judge, and Stanton in the same lineup is ridiculous. No pitcher would want to face that, let alone they already have to face Stanton and Judge. Glaber Torres had a good offensive year last year. Andrew Hart needs to play third. You can't take Andrew Hart in a lineup. The only way they get – if they trade Andrew Hart now without even getting Machado, I would lose my mind because that, would, that wouldn't make any sense. To me, they would – they had to – Send out feelers. They weren't getting what they thought they could. They needed to get rid of Andujar, so they said, "You know what? We're going to keep Andujar, and we're done with Machado." Then I'm okay with that. So I don't know. It, it's you don't really know how everything's going to pan out till the season starts, but there's just some things that make me scratch my head, and I'm just like, "Why? Why are they doing what they're doing?" So, um. What else do we got? I think I can move on to UFC, and there's not really much to talk about. Uh, John Jones was um, – he tested like I think it was three or four times after UFC 232. Everything came back negative. He didn't test for anything. So John Jones was clean that fight, and he absolutely destroyed Gustafson. So John Jones, greatest of all time, and it's not even close. All right, John Jones is on a whole other level compared to anybody else. Um, and people always talk about him and Royds. Listen, look at his track record, who he's fought. Most of those guys he faced tested for Royds at some point. So John Jones absolutely is the greatest of all time. Um, he made that fight against Gustafson look like cake, and Gustafson is no pushover, as we all know. Uh and now he's facing Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith will be a tune-up match because he's going to absolutely work him. And he'll fight Cormier one more time. And, you know, we'll see. Cormier and Gustafson have given John Jones the only challenge in his career. The first time he fought Cormier, it went to decision. And the first time he fought Gustafson, it went to decision. And both times, Jones, you know, I don't think he could have lost. I think he definitely won those fights. But... They were tough fights, and since then, he's made light work of everybody else. So, you know, Jones, greatest of all time. That card is absolutely stacked. So that is, I think that's 235. Let me look. It's going to be ridiculous. I think that's the same card that Garbrandt makes his return. Um, what else? There's just, there's so many people on this card. I think it's March second. They don't even have it on here. Let me tell you something. Freaking UFC's website is horrible. Really bad. They don't even have two thirty five on here, but I think I have it saved on my phone. 
see. So potentially, 235, Jones and Smith main event, Woodley, Usman, co-main event, Lawler, Ben Askren's first uh, fight in the UFC, Garbrandt comes back, Jeremy Stevens is on that card, OSP's on that card, Holly Holm is on that card, Jorge Masvidal versus Neil Magny is on that card, and then uh, Diego Sanchez and Mickey Gall. Like, that card is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. Now, mind you, things happen in the UFC and guys get pu- they get pulled out for injuries or whatever. So there's a chance that half those fights could go away. But if that stays pat, that card is absolutely ridiculous. So that's going to be – that will be one I have to go out and see because that will be an absolute crazy card. Um, so – that's really it for the podcast. Um, I did send out something on Twitter, and I would like a lot of people to participate on our Twitter page. I made a, I made a, uh, we have our own phone number. So, Bring the Heat podcast has their own phone number. Okay, the number is. Let's see. The number is. I don't even know it by heart. The number is four eight four two seven two two eight. Two nine, all right. Call that number and answer and leave a voicemail about whatever the topic is on Twitter. So this time it was give me an outlook on how you feel about your NFL team. If it's in the playoffs, are they going to win? What what's your outlook on the coach? Like anything NFL related, I wanted people to call and let me know how they felt. It could have been about their team. It could have been about the playoffs this weekend. It could have been about really anything football related. All right, I just want to I want to make it more interactive. I want people to call and and leave voicemails and let me know what they think. Um, and then that I also want to start doing something where as I'm recording, I put on Twitter and I say, "All right, I'm starting now. Call whenever you want and let's talk." Call, you I don't I don't need to know who you are. You don't have to tell me your name. Call and and ask me a question. Tell me how you feel about your team. Anything. All right, just start conversation. Make it interesting. I want to make it more interactive with with the people that do listen because I think that makes it more fun for me. All right, because I never know what questions I'm going to be asked then. So for me, I think that that's awesome. Um, so, um, and kind of off topic here, the other day I was so bored and I'm looking up old WWE stuff, and that's what prompted me to ask the question: What are your top four wrestlers? And like, there's without a doubt. So. Me, I'm only 24 years old. Me growing up, WWE was the shit, okay? Like, that was what you did every Monday and every Thursday. It was Monday Night Raw, Thursday Night SmackDown, and then even when I was even younger, there was uh, WCW, all right? And WCW was huge with, with Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page and guys like that. And so that's what prompted me to ask the questions. What are your top wrestlers? And I've been watching, like, all old wrestling videos, not old, like from Attitude Era, and like because Jeff Hardy was my favorite wrestler, hands down. Like when he was doing those TLC matches with with Bubba and and Devon and Edge and Christian, like those matches, the one at SummerSlam to me is the greatest w, the greatest wrestling match of all time, greatest wrestling match of all time, the SummerSlam TLC match with the Hardy Boys the Dudley boys and edge and Christian for the tag team titles 
That was the sickest match ever. Jeff Hardy jumping off a ladder, swanton bomb on top of tables. Uh, I think Bubba went through a table or off the ladder into tables. Matt Hardy was pushed off a ladder through tables. Like there was people going through tables like it was nothing. So that was that was sick. That that is the best wrestling match I've ever seen. Um, but my my four four favorite wrestlers I think Attitude Era wise are Billy Gunn can't can't beat it, um, Jeff Hardy, Stone Cold, and Shawn Michaels. Those four are sick. I had some other people comment. Uh, Zach Sharanko, his was Stone Cold, The Rock, Ric Flair, and Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, not Attitude Error, but we'll let you slide on that one. And Michaela Sharanko, which is Zack's wife, is John Cena, Finn Balor, Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker. So she's got two old, three older. I'd consider John Cena older now. He's been he's been in it for a while, and then Leon uh, commented, "Billy Gunn or Mister Ass," as he said, "Chainsaw Charlie, Stone Cold, and Road Dog." And if I if I had a top five, Road Dog would be five. Road Dog was the shit, smooth on the mic. DX, I mean, how could you not love DX? DX was the shit when it comes to wrestling. That was the Attitude Era was the sickest era for wrestling that that you could have. I mean, I know like. All the old people would be like, oh, well, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan. Like, yeah, those were great. And wrestling was awesome then too, but nothing beats the Attitude Era, you know, because it was so – I'm not going to say it was uncensored, but it was so more – it was like a, adults could watch it, all right? It was – the scripts – what now today it's too PG, all right? It, it's, for, it's for the younger audience. There's – I mean, Christ, when, when I watched it, there was brawl and panties matches. There were mud wrestling matches for chicks, like girls half naked. You don't even see that now. Guys, they didn't block out Stone Cold throwing up the middle finger. Uh, you can s- read their lips cursing. Blood, all right, the blood. You had you had a Inferno match with Kane and Undertaker. Like that stuff was awesome. You had the Buried Alive match. They don't do any of that stuff anymore. It's like. Everything is too PG now, and I try to watch wrestling now. Let me tell you, the video games are sick. I love playing the games, but I couldn't name you ten current wrestlers because they're just—they're all bad. Wrestling is just so bad now. So, last thing to finish up, I did have two voicemails then, so I, I put that out a couple days ago. I only got two voicemails, so no one else—no one else did it. That's all right, though. I'm gonna play them. And that'll be the end of the show. So the first one, first caller, here we go. I gotta play it here. What is up? It's your favorite Steelers fan, Pirates fan, and Penguins fan, Zach. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the Steelers and Pirates because as long as Crosby and Malkin are on the Penguins, they're going to make the playoffs every year, no doubt about it. Uh, for the Steelers, Big Ben, I hope you stay. Uh, I know you said you're going to stay, but you're old as ball, so who knows? Because I think Mason Rudolph needs another year and Josh Dobbs because they played like shit when they had their chances. Uh, Antonio Brown, I hope they trade your ass. See you later. Pirates, what else is new? Uh, don't at me, but I think they're going to win 85-plus games this year. Uh, on paper, they look really good, really young. 
I'm excited to actually watch them uh, since, you know, 2012. Um, other than that, can't wait to listen to the podcast this week. Have a good one. So that was our, uh, I would say he's probably our best listener. He listens to every episode. He's a good friend of mine. And he, you know, he's like my brother. And he listens to every episode. So thanks, uh, Sharanko, for, for calling in and giving your your opinion. And here is our second one. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm going to leave you guys some. I don't want to might be featured. I want to be featured. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys over to Rams this week, 31-23. No doubter in my mind. Pass rush gets to Goff. He chokes. uh, This quarterback's been figured out. Prescott does one thing, and that's win. It's not pretty sometimes. The kid's got guts, plays with a lot of balls. Uh, I'll I'll take the Cowboys directly to uh, take a better trip to New Orleans next week. They will play the Saints. Uh, The Saints, although not pounding Philadelphia 45-7 like last time, will still be at minimum double digits. So we're looking at at least 10 to 13-point victory by the New Orleans Saints. I expect um, Drew Brees to feast on the Eagles secondary. I'm going to take Phillip Rivers using Melvin Gordon as his workhorse. The pass rush gets to Brady, Melvin Ingram, uh, Joey Bosa. So I'm going to take the Chargers in a slugfest, 24-20. And then I think I'm going to take the Colts over to Chiefs. I don't like Andy Reid's track history in the playoffs. I have no confidence in Andy Reid. I don't like the Chiefs and the running game. Uh, and the Colts are hot. Colts are hot. I think the offensive line plays well enough. Uh, Marlon Mack has a very big game. T.Y. Hilton rips a touchdown late. I'm going to go late. Colts, 28-26. Maybe a late field goal. As far as the coaching hires that was on the uh, on your Twitter feed today, uh, I, I don't like the Fangio hire in Denver. I think Denver has went with a defensive philosophy over the past four to six years. So I would uh, I would not be good if that uh, if I was a Denver fan. I would not be happy. I don't like a Fangio hire. I don't mind the Kingsbury hire in Arizona because I just don't feel like there's much to lose. It's an absolute shit show out there. Um, I probably would like to see more Mike Leach have the opportunity, but I don't think Michael leave Washington State. He just seems to have more success and, and, a, and a better record overall. His track record shows better. But with Cliff Kingsbury, what do you got to lose? You fired your other guy after a season, so you can him after a year and um, retool. So it's not like you're investing long-term. It's not like you had a long-term investment already. So um, what's another year? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If he loses the locker room, so what? You've, you've lost a year. Um, so really not much hurt there, but those were my four picks. There's my feelings on the hires. And, uh, I do love the LaFleur hire in Green Bay. I would have taken him in Dallas if, uh, the season did fall apart after the, the Titans game back in November when the Cowboys got picked off by the Titans at home. But, uh, LaFleur hire in Green Bay is absolutely brilliant. Um, but that's it. So, uh, let's, let's see how those four picks do this weekend. All right, and thank you for calling in. So that is going to be it for Bringing the Heat podcast, episode 16, I believe. Episode 16. So it was fun. Another good podcast in the books. And, um, again, follow us, subscribe to us, start calling us, all right? How many podcasts do you know you get to call in and be on? It doesn't happen all the time, all right? So leave a voicemail. Tell us how you're feeling. Tell us what – if I put a debate on on uh, Twitter, 
Debate it on Twitter or call us. Leave a voicemail. All right, that's the stuff I like to do. I haven't really figured out what I want to call it yet, what I want the segment to be, but I, I want it to be more interactive. Call me during the podcast, all right? That's another thing. It, it's a good way. I like to have discussions and, and arguments and stuff like that. So I love talking sports. I love talking news and stuff like that So and, and debate and stuff. I like that. So um, that's going to be it. Again, th- those that are listening, thank you for listening. Tell everyone about it and have a good day. We back and pretty hot and the millionaire. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. I don't care.